My name's Joanne Averson, and you are so welcome to Series 3 of my podcast. Enjoy. In this episode, we're going to look at a word. A word that I really encourage you to consider. Inside yourself. Not because I'm telling you it's a word that works, but because I really hope that you feel it and that it makes sense of a certain kind of expression that makes sense of us, if that makes sense. So, the word is bioemotional. Now, strictly speaking, it doesn't exist in the English dictionary. And a lot of words get the word bio shoved in front of them as if they make sense of biology. And there's one particular word that really kind of grates on me, and that's the word biomechanical. In my not very humble opinion, there's nothing mechanical about the moving human body. There's plenty that's mechanical about the way the mind seems to work, but that's another discussion. But the human body, for me, is not mechanical. And that word really comes out of the history of anatomy. And way back when, and we're talking about 400 years ago, when our philosophers' forefathers kind of designed the language of anatomy and moving physiology and how we function. We were going through, I say we, as a culture, humanity was going through, in, certainly in the West, the Industrial Revolution. And so in that time, in that culture, there was an entire cultivation of industrial language of the language of mechanics, making machines and how they functioned. Now, any of you that are familiar with my book know that I devote a whole chapter to that history because one of the things that we're not saying about understanding fascia and understanding its implications in movement and understanding how we move in fascial terms and the implications of that in training and movement and manual practice. At no time are we saying it's new. It's not new. It's not a new discovery. It's been around since mankind. Um, I mean, fascia is, if you think of it as as an architectural material in the living body, every living body has some form of architecture. But what we're talking about in humans moving and animals moving and living creatures moving is that apart from the fact that they're essentially self-motivated, they are invariably non-linear. Now, what that means is that when we talk about moving around, we move around in anything but linear terms. We don't do linear. It's very difficult. The only time we do anything vaguely looking linear is when we make very repetitive movements or robotic movements, or we do things like trying to march in sync 
or certain kinds of weight training where we integrate with a machine that is moving mechanically and we move it. But all the purpose of that is to work with our shape or whatever it is that you're perhaps weight training for. But it's very common if you go into a gym, and I don't say this critically, I'm just saying this as an observation, that you see the kind of movements being acted out that you wouldn't see in everyday life. Because in everyday life, we naturally make non-linear movements. Even if you reach up and open a cupboard door and take a cup out or a plate, you don't make the same movement twice. It depends where you're standing, what you have to reach over, how heavy what you're reaching down is, whether you're using two hands or one, if you have to reach around someone, or when you place something down. Even if you're, imagine practicing deadlifts in the gym, that's not how you would bend down to lift something. It might be the method you use, it might be the pattern ish. But in real life, If you were to bend down and pick up the post from the mat or pick up a child, all those kind of movements, by being human, tend not to be linear. Think about it. They're non-linear. So biologic forms are non-linear. And they're in motion if they're living by definition. So... When I got myself so frustrated about the use of biomechanical terms and the linear theories that our forefathers deducted from them, I found myself really horrified at how spellbinding the metaphor of the machine is over our educations, over our story of how human beings move. We don't move mechanically. And one of the ways that those of you who are movers and manual therapists facilitating movement in your clients, and those of you that are just people out there enjoying moving, will all recognise, is that if you try and do robotic movement, if you seek to Um, do robot dancing, for example, it's extremely difficult to learn. And the pageantry and order that we see in, in England and, you know, around the world in army setups is very much based on rhythmical movement and more rigid forms that look mechanical, but that's an achievement. It takes a lot of training. It isn't natural. Biologic forms are naturally non-linear. And by introducing the term bioemotional integrity, what I was hoping to do, apart from leave something of a legacy because of the story of my son that's in the newsletter that goes with this podcast, um, was just distinguish something that made sense of what actually happens on a yoga mat or as you walk down the street or when you sit in a chair or when you 
hold someone's hand or you touch somebody or you any gesture and movement you make, they're non-linear because we're non-linear biologic forms. All biologic forms are non-linear. We can make linear movements, but we don't move mechanically. We don't move like machines. And in chapter three of my book, in the second edition of Yoga, Fascia, Anatomy and Movement, and this was in the first edition as well, if that's the one that you've got, there was a wonderful quote in a, from an email that I had from Yarp van der Waal, professor, emeritus professor, emeritus associate professor of anatomy and embryology at Maastricht University and famous for the brilliant doctorate paper he wrote on the tissue sparing dissection and proprioceptive substrate of the human elbow, um, which in my opinion was one of the pivotal founding papers in international fascia research. And it was um, presented in 2009 at the second uh, International Fascia Research Congress in Amsterdam, which is where I met Yarp. And he has been a mentor and friend of mine ever since. And I'm very oh, I can't even tell you, honoured to have worked with him and talked with him for hours and been taught by him. His mind is absolutely brilliant. And what he calls the phenomenological approach that he has, not just to the human body, but to human beings and how we study it, has really guided my pathway in a in a very beautiful way. I feel very privileged to know him. And these, I'm quoting him now from the book, um, page 56 of the second edition. Machine thinking comes from the notion that the body is built up from parts. That is the machine view. That is not true. The embryo shows us loud and clear, first the whole, then the parts. First the matrix next the elements, first the body, then the organs. There's about eight exclamation marks after that. He continues, a machine is built up from parts. That the system might work like a machine does not prove it is a machine. That you can replace a joint by a hinge does not prove it is a hinge. It works like a hinge. And that is the essential difference. Now, this rocks a very large, well-established boat. Because the metaphor of mechanics in the human body is long established and it's not considered a metaphor. It's considered fact. We've grown up with language like levers, first class levers, second class levers, third class levers. We've grown up with the idea that the systems of the human body not only can be broken down into individual parts and sections and separate systems, but that they function as such. And of course, Modern fascia research is demonstrating to us that that is far from the case. And the problem we have is that this is a genuine paradigm shift. 
And it's one that Gerald Polak refers to in his book Cells, Gels and the Engines of Life in the introduction. He talks about the fact that when it was believed that the Earth was the centre of our galaxy and everything else moved around the Earth, so-called scholarly knowledge and I'm not quoting him here, I'm paraphrasing, so-called scholarly knowledge was based on and grown on that principle to explain the cycles of the movements of the heavenly bodies in relation to earth. And so those cycles had to be worked out and they were extremely complex. And what they worked out were not just the cycles, but the complexity of the epicycles around those cycles to try and make sense of the relative motion of the sun, the moon and all the planets to earth. Now, when Galileo upheld Copernicus theory, and you've, you've heard me talk about this in another podcast episode several moons ago, he held up the theory that the galaxy was heliocentric. In other words, the sun was at the so-called centre, not the earth. And that was considered heresy at the time. He was placed under house arrest for that. But it didn't stop him saying it, nor did it stop him publishing information about it, thank goodness. Because out of that, it made all the scholastic history, in other words, all the academic work that preceded that statement, not to mention the heresy that it was considered to be in the eyes of the papacy, because man was divine man and the planet Earth was his divine planet at the centre of the galaxy. It rattled a lot of cages, but it threatened the scholastic authority that preceded it. So whether it was true or not was secondary to whether it was culturally acceptable. And this is really a very poignant aspect of understanding 21st century anatomy, because culturally, we talk about biomechanics, we still issue the Borelli Award that was based on the work of Borelli, Alfonso Borelli. And remember, all of that work was done during the time of the Industrial Revolution. So the cultural metaphor was one of machines. And his work suggested, and it was posthumously published and relied upon, that once the legs of a dog, for example, had been cut off and examined for their motion, they were pretty rigid and they resembled a two-bar open chain, which is the definition of a lever. But when that leg was attached to the dog, there was no open two-bar chain. Nothing in your body is an open two-bar chain, which is the definition of a lever, along with several other things, none of which are applicable to human beings. We do not have a limb bolt-on procedure when we are in utero. Our mothers do not have to have our ears fitted externally as a part from the outside unless there is an issue that is not natural. Now, I'm not denigrating science. Please understand. Medical science has saved my life and the life of those in my family. I am not doing that. I am pointing at the fact that we are working with a metaphor and we've forgotten that it's a metaphor. 
and we've lost sight of what we actually see because we've believed the metaphor, we've looked through the lens of the metaphor. And sometimes we have to step back. And that metaphor is the metaphor of mechanics in the human body. And it's changing, slowly but surely it's changing, especially with the fuller understanding of the fascial matrix. The fascia matrix is an essential part of our nonlinear biologic form. To be alive, by definition, it's in motion. So our bioemotional integrity changes from moment to moment, changes with us, and is uniquely expressed by each one of us. And we tend to move as a round thing, surrounded by atmosphere, by gravity, by all sorts of things, moving around in the round. And as any of you that have worked with me know, it's one of my pet subjects because there are no flat planes. There are no exact symmetries. There are no linear mechanical joints in the human body. It isn't made that way. In fact, it isn't made in the sense of a machine. We are all self-assembled. And we do that with bio-emotional integrity that also incorporates the idea that we have emotional motion. We talk about our emotions moving us. I was so moved by what that person said. I was so moved, touched by their sentiment. It's not a coincidence that we use these terms physically and metaphysically. I can be touched by the way somebody looks at me if they look across sympathetically or kindly. I had a conversation with a technician today about my computer and he spoke gently. He spoke kindly and he showed the most incredible patience as we worked through the issues I was struggling with. And it touched me. It moved me. I began through the conversation to go from a very stressed out bunny with a computer that wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And a weekend having Googled and YouTubed and driven myself insane trying to sort it out to somebody who calmly and quietly knew that she simply didn't know the protocol. And I changed bio-emotionally into somebody with a completely different posture, a completely different demeanour, and we were just two people on a phone, and this technician had access to my screen I was just calmly and quietly pointing an arrow at the things I needed to click in order to resolve the issue. It was an emotional change for me. So I was bio-emotionally different. I moved differently afterwards. I realised I wasn't wearing my shoulders as earrings anymore. 
And I was so grateful and so moved by his patience. I thanked him. And he said, I do this every day. It's okay. I just know the way. I know the landmarks. And although we were miles apart, he was in Cork in Ireland and I was in Brighton in England, his way moved me. It was bio-emotionally moving. And it, it changed my day. I stopped fretting about all the things that could possibly go wrong in the next week without my computer to rely on. And I relaxed. And it was, honestly, it was as valuable as having some magic medicine. So I share the word by emotion, by emotional with you. I hope to give you an aha moment that like you, I don't fully understand how the body can be reduced to biomechanical terms and layers and lines and planes in three directions. It can't be reduced to that in my world. I think we're multi-directional, multi-dimensional, multi-beings in which in our beingness we carry these beautiful bodies that are moved emotionally. I'd love to know what you think. I'd love your feedback. I'd love you to use that word with joy because it makes sense to you in your heart. And if it doesn't, leave it alone because it's not in the dictionary anyway. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you and see what you think. Take care. Stay safe. And God bless you. And your emotional, bi-emotional integrity. (laughs) 